Uh, away and salam alaikum to episode 49 of 1 million of agents watches. I'm your host, Zaid Grill, alongside a triumphant trio of nerds. Swati with a curvinate himself, Kervin Kuta, the nerd from nowhere, Shadli Desai, and the second Shamalama Ding Dong, Shamiz Patel, Papa Thanasio. It's like a boxing nice, match that's nice going to happen. Yeah. Mm. So it's like today, but of a chaotic episode, maybe. Occasionally, you might hear the 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 dulcet tones of a young Shadley Nomad Jr. Um, two of them. Two of them. Yeah. You, you may hear that. We're recording today's episode on the 25th of March, which is a Saturday. We don't usually record on a Saturday morning, but um, circumstances and life and whatever came in the way. Um, so it's early on a Saturday morning. People are babysitting. Um, kids are running around. We're doing what we can do. Um, yeah, so... I don't know, do we have to keep the conversation PG now? Because it's around. Well, it's not like we normally, like, you know, just drop Sam and L. Jackson little F-bombs all day long. I mean, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. It's like, you know, we do sometimes talk about, like, people that shrink down and then do stuff with other people's things that expand. <laughs> so he's still traumatized by that episode. <laughs> that was not cool, guy. <laughs> that was not cool. And then you two are like, Shamiz, you need to see this. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you broke oh, that Oh, that took up. me a long time. That took me a very long time to um, to figure out what you were talking about. But I got there eventually. <laughs> yeah, and I, uh, I think this episode, we, we could probably go without mentioning that. Yeah. <laughs> Considering we are going to be talking about a lot of trauma this episode. Yeah. In a, in a manner of speaking. But the, the, kind of, the kind of trauma that I, I don't think my child would quite register <laughs> that's that's a weird thing about kids though right it's like sometimes like if they're young enough you can say and show them the weirdest shit and it won't impact them at all um but you still shouldn't do it though <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was thinking well, i'm about, not gonna take that <laughs> there's a movie I would, I would have maybe been four years old, three years old or something. And I can remember going to watch a movie at, um, well, I didn't, we didn't go watch the movie, but we just at my uncle's house or my auntie's house or whatever. And at that point in time, I think my parents and my aunties and uncles were like in their mid-20s, early 30s, like that, that side. And they hired this horror movie. I have no clue what this horror movie is about. What I do know is that on the cover of the, because it was a VHS, on the cover is like a, like a doll that's like a monkey that's playing, um, what do you call those things? Uh, symbols. Are you not talking about, um, there was a movie called Toys. There was actually no, 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 a no, movie no. called Toys. It, no, it wasn't. Well, I don't, every, is it every time the monkey claps this thing, something bad happens? No, I, I, I honestly can't remember. Like I was in single digits, but I know that was on the cover of the film. And like this thing was in the movie, but it wasn't necessarily like the monster or something, but it's like, but it was like creepy shots and then you would see it like rattle around and go ding, 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 <laughs> whatever. So that image is locked in my brain. And I know that the movie was scary, but I couldn't tell you who was in it or what it was about or anything like that. locked it to protect you. Maybe, maybe like so one day. Monkey just, shines. Is it called I mean, monkey? it could be. I, I don't know. I don't even know if the movie was about monkeys, to tell you the truth. But it was definitely like one of those late 70s, early 80s horror movies. You know, so I've got like, a, 
I've got a similar experience. Um, I also went to my uncle's house and there was a movie playing. I do not know what the hell the movie was. I do know it was some B-grade sci-fi thing that was set like a few years in the future. And it's the, I walked in and basically sat down at the scene where this lady had these, it was a stupid sci-fi movie, man. So they, you know, where everything is high tech. So she had knitting needles, but it was electric knitting needles. So it's like this. <laughs> It's what? like this, basically like this, it looks like this contraption you have in your hand and the old thing with the two needles that come up and do this. And I walked in as this lady snaps and she basically kills her husband with it. So she sticks it like in his stomach, like in his stomach and then turns him on. So they're like lifting up his intestines and everything basically. And I remember seeing this as a kid and it stayed with me my entire life. I have no clue what the movie is. I don't know what it was about, nothing. That is the only thing I remember about that movie that scene of her, and she cackles as she does this, like laughing maniacally as, as she lets up his intestines. so much about your personality. <laughs> <laughs> the, other, the other weird, um, other weird, like movie memory thing that I have is that I, I'm pretty sure this movie was in French or something. Or it was like one of those French Nouveau type films, whatever, but it was like also like a sci-fi movie type thing. And then this guy has a, a plug in his neck like that you would plug um, a set of headphones into, like mm -hmm. a, a headphone jack. He's got a headphone jack in his neck, right? And so when he wants to talk, he would plug something in. He would plug something in there and then like a speaker would talk for him, right? And then someone is feeding him fish. And so then he like starts coughing and then he's like, <clears throat> he's coughing, coughing, coughing. And then he takes the plug out and he takes like a tweezer or something and then he pulls a fish bone out of the <laughs> That's <laughs> the headphone jack. And he plugs the thing back and he goes on. What? He's like, I don't know what this movie was. I just, while we're talking now, I had to Google it. Uh, the movie I was talking about earlier, the toy thing was actually called Puppet Master. I have very, very vivid memories about this damn movie. Is this the movie with the, with the thing things that I was talking about earlier? Or the movie it, that you saw? I, it's a movie I saw. It's with this little dolls, this tiny dolls, different types of dolls. It was a doll with like a, on its head and oh no no i know that like a lady no, the movie yeah. that i'm talking about is not that i know i know what that was a very popular series of movies um, yes i i, I do remember that. puppet master though yeah. I, I don't know if i watched the first one but i watched one or two of them and i was yeah. like yeah, yeah I, that I was weird those. that was weird talking about weird movies <laughs> <laughs> talking about weird movies <laughs> so um hereditary hey but awesome. before we before we dig into that too deeply, I just want to say the people that vote for these movies, I honest to God have no idea what these people's motivation is because you just never know from one day to another what's going to happen. Can but I tell you, I I actively actively this time campaigned mm. for this movie. I, I actually will. went out of my way to campaign for this movie. I, I, I mean, look, I, I, I did that. the same. I did the same. My slogan, my, my campaign slogan was basically, let's add Zaid. <laughs> I've so. noticed that campaigning only works when it's done to hurt others. Exactly. The moment yes. you try for yourself. And, and by others, me. <laughs> no, but I think no, also like, you. I think, I think it's the kind of movie that if people have experienced that they're like, yeah, no, if you're going to hurt somebody, hurt them with this. <laughs> So, like, I mean, we we genuinely thought, um, we all did, right? Like, mm. if I'm being honest, we all genuinely thought Lord of the Rings was just going to lock it in and it'll be done and that's the movie that we're going to watch. So, I don't I know how... I was hoping. 
<laughs> yeah, look, I, I not that I didn't look. I always said I, I do did want to watch it. It it was never like, um, oh, I'm never gonna watch that because it's like crazy, whatever. I've um, been meaning to watch it for like a long, long time, and it's like been on my Showmax watch list. I think since maybe since it appeared on there, right? Mm. But like I, you guys know, my thing with um, with uh, horror movies, it's like it takes a couple of days to watch them. <laughs> it needs to be sunlight out, and you know, so the circumstances <laughs> don't always work out. Um, but I thought I was going to have a relaxing weekend watching um, Boromir, like have a redemption arc by becoming a pincushion. Like that's what I thought my weekend was going to be. That's the thing. Like I'm okay with the fact that it did three one, but I'm deeply offended that it won against the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, that that did hurt. That's a little where bit. I'm, that's what that's what I'm getting stuck on. Like if it had won over anything else. Fine, I'd happily watch it, but I watched it with a little bit of resent, knowing I could have been listening to the sweet, sweet sounds of the Shire. Yeah, <laughs> instead, and um, it's like instead it's like, look, you, you had to live with Tony Collette's screams and wails. <laughs> and, yeah, look, and the, the the thing of it is, it's like it's it's not that hereditary didn't deserve to win or whatever. It just seems weird. That Lord of the Rings didn't. You know, you I mean? guys like, are it, really severely underestimating people's desire to see other people suffer. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> so, and, so and my, my, like the, the the world that I think that Kerber and I just put out to just campaign for this movie. I mean, it was two of us campaigning. So. I, I literally, I literally went in the one chat and I said, guys. Hereditary um, is up against Lord of the Rings. It's pretty close. And if Hereditary wins, Sade's got to watch it and he's going to suffer. And people were like, I'm on it. <laughs> and those people don't even know me. What the f- <laughs> What's so mad about it is, is that it's like, you, like, you, like typically when, when Kervin is like asking for votes and stuff, it always backfires. Yeah, so but that's, what that's what, that was asking is, for myself. Don't ask for myself. <laughs> what I'm learning is, is that people hate me more than they love Lord of the Rings. That's what I'm, <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm I'm getting. Spite is a is a powerful tool. It is a but, but I don't even understand. Like spite for what? <laughs> they don't even know me. Because you nominated Breaking Dawn. That's why. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I even if they you. didn't know you nominated Breaking Dawn, the universe knows, and it will correct itself. <laughs> no, you people are wrong. But okay, hereditary Tony Collette, Gabriel Byrne. Yeah, Gabriel, Gabriel Byrne. Byrne. Oh, sorry. Knock my knuckles there. Uh, Gabriel Byrne. Um, what's the guy's name again? Ari Aster. So we watched the Ari Aster movie before. Which is um, Midsommar. Which was Midsommar, which was a movie that I was also like fearing watching and which I ultimately actually ended up enjoying very much. It's a um, lie. You don't enjoy Midsommar. <laughs> well, <laughs> you appreciate. Appreciate, you yeah. So it. I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't mean enjoy in the dictionary sense. It's not. Enjoy is not that right word. It's a good film. You yeah, can yeah, appreciate yeah. it's a good film. It's a good film. Um, and then Hereditary. Is Hereditary the movie that made him famous? Yes. Yeah, that's the one that sort of kicked off this horror, descent into horror. It's his feature from the view, wasn't it? Yes, I, I think so. I, I don't know. I, I, let, me, let me look. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, yeah. It was his first movie. He's got a third film coming out called Bo is Afraid. Which mm. sounds like a children's movie. <laughs> that's that's even more terrifying now. <laughs> which which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Um, 
but yeah, like uh, Charlie, tell us why you picked this movie. Aside, aside, because because the 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 theme of the the week was pick a movie that we enjoy watching over and over. And I feel like you didn't understand the brief or deliberately went against it. <laughs> right? No, I genuinely like. He looked I'm, for a loophole, is what he did. Yes, a movie I did, that I he did. will watch. I will. I again, would, but, but the... not a movie that he searches like craves to watch again like we do the so, lord of the rings wait so here's the thing like i love horror movies i really do i mean i did a whole semester on like horror as a genre adversity and like for me this is like a film that just nails everything that great horror should be like it does everything right it shows like you don't need to be scary but you need to drive that tension to a point where like the audience is just so uncomfortable. You like, no, no, please help. Please send help. Like something needs to happen. So I love, you remember when we did um, X-Men First Class, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we spoke about the scene in the bar and how you can like, that's like a scene you can use to teach full, yeah. like how to just, do everything. Just to even me, out of context, one of the best scenes put to film it. Yeah, so... Um, for me, this film is a film like I would use to teach like harder and how to do good harder. Like that is just yeah, I can't I can't even emphasize like how much I love this film. Like it's amazing. It's really so, amazing. So here's the thing. It, before this, I would never have picked Hereditary as a movie that I would actively want to rewatch. So I've only seen it once before in cinema. So this is my second time watching it. And I enjoyed it so much more the second time around. You um, didn't enjoy it. You appreciated it. No, well, yeah, but I picked up. There were so many details that yes. it's a movie that actually, it's a movie that actually begs rewatch. Um, but it's really scary to watch it the second <laughs> okay, time. Okay, I'm, I'm lucky. I don't really get scared for horror movies. So I've got this weird thing. The way I approach horror movies is very odd. Um, if you ask me what a good horror movie is, I can tell you what a great horror movie is. But I'm telling you the great horror movie from a technical filmmaking perspective, if that makes sense. Because while I'm watching the movie, I am not scared. I am not punched up in tension. But I can tell you, okay, this is how you get someone to punch up in tension and get scared. It's not happening to me, but I can I can tell you what's happening on screen and the actual tools and stuff they use is good or not. Mm. Um, so it's weird. I'm always watching horror movies from a very sort of detached technical perspective. Mm. And this is fantastic. Fantastic. It's just, it's amazing the stuff he's doing. And, but like I said, it is a movie that it allows you to do, which I'd like to know. Zaid and Shamiz was the first time you guys have watched it. Did you understand everything that's happened? And did you have to go wiki it after to something because of the fact that a lot of those, the clues and what's happening in the story is not obvious the first time around? It really isn't. So before we before Shamiz answers that question, just for those that maybe don't know, um, Hereditary is a 2018 American psychological horror film written and directed by Ari Aster in his feature directorial debut. It stars Tony Collette, Alex Wolf, Mali Shapiro, and the fantastic Gabriel Byrne um, as the members of a family haunted by a mysterious presence after the death of their super secretive grandmother. Um, so yeah, that's that's the basics of it. Um, can, what the story is that that you, I, you, you, that's as much as you should know if you're gonna watch yeah. it. Look here, um, I, I need to say 
like one thing I really adore about this film, it feels like this film lives in the uncanny valley, like on every aspect of it. Like everything just feels wrong about what you see. Everything is off. Yeah, like everything. Something, something is not right here. Yeah. yeah like and it's like it it just it just stays there constantly. So you constantly the state of like, please help, please something <laughs> tell me what is wrong. And it's like I'll dive deeper into that, but I want to hear from like Shamiz and say that. Yeah, I want to know from them if they followed the story hundred percent because it's it really is a movie that requires a rewatch to pick up all the details. I certainly will not be rewatching it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you're going to wiki this one? <laughs> so I, I did, I did wiki it afterward, but upon reading the articles, I found that I, I definitely understood the story. I just wiki it to make sure I wasn't missing anything. Mm. Um, but I am somebody that watches for clues generally. I love for seeds that are planted, for things that are hinted at that will come back later, for symbolism. Um, so I, I I definitely understood it well enough the first time. And I don't see that I would ever need to feel those feelings in my body <laughs> again. <laughs> so yes. So um that good trope. I don't know. I understand that this is a film that is working on multiple levels. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, I, I do get that, right? Um, and I'm with Kirvin. I think if I watched it again, I would probably see and understand more of what uh, like this like this text and subtext, and there's a lot of subtext going on um in in hereditary. Um and I don't think I care enough to want to see it again to figure that out, <laughs> right? But you see, here's the interesting part. This is this is the part that actually surprised me about this film. I wasn't scared. Okay. Uh, the movie didn't scare me uh, even a little bit, um, which was a surprise for me because, I mean, I have this weird relationship with horror movies, right? It's that um, I freak out about them, but I do enjoy watching them. Like a good horror movie is an amazing experience. My favorite horror movie. My favorite horror movie is um, is Sinister, um, mm. which I will never with, with Ethan Hawke. Fantastic! Yeah. Just yeah. one of the best horror movies ever. That movie haunted me for months. I mean, officially, the, the, officially the voted opening. the scariest movie of all time. By the way. Yeah, yeah, that, like which was kind of very vindicating to me. <laughs> You're like, yes, okay, I'm scared. It's like, it's not it, just it makes me. sense. It's, it makes sense. It makes sense. It's not just me. Everybody feels that way. It literally wanted me for months because, um, like, you know, we all got like a, a routine at, at night. So I like check all, all the doors and stuff was locked and whatever. And for months after I'd watched Sinister, when I would lock my sliding door, I was like, shit, now I need to open the curtain and steer into the dark abyss of outside because there's no light immediately outside my sliding door. And I would always kind of sort of see the the primary yeah. villain of sinister there all the time it was a problem right so i was expecting like the 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 reputation of hereditary and having seen midsummer um how long ago would it have been now maybe six well, no longer almost a year ago yeah um i was expecting something because like midsummer is also very much not a scary movie as such but like a movie that's always ratcheting on tension right and so everybody talks about how scary um hereditary is and and so i was like i'm not sure that i want to watch this but anyway i watched the movie and i just i wasn't i wasn't scared like at all um and 
Shadi's going to get very upset now, <laughs> right? I was actually a little bit bored because I found you. myself, I found myself checking the time um, like a bunch of times. And, uh, you know, when you watch a horror movie. That sounds like fear to me. No, no, like, because I was like, <laughs> is it, like, when is this done? Like, there's a difference between, oh my God, like, when is this over? And you is this going to, is this going to end now? Because it's, it's dragging a bit. Um, and I think, I think part of the reason for that is, is that Ari Aster does this thing. I, I'm kind of seeing a pattern in his films. He does this thing where he lingers a lot on a shot, right? For a long time. And he, he, he doesn't necessarily do oneers, but he does do this thing where um, his camera is framed here and he'll slowly dolly or pan to another part of the, of the scene. And it's usually very slowly. And so that, like from a film perspective, like the technical stuff that Kerber was talking about earlier, you expect some weird crap to appear in frame once he moves it. And I started seeing the tropes of what kind of story this is. Like it was very clear to me, like less than halfway in that, like there's a ghost or the devil or something like that. There's something occult clapping here. And so I was never... I was never in a state where I was like, I don't know what's going to happen because the like the pathways for what could be the problem became very clear to me earlier on. I will say though, like Tony Collette deserved an Oscar nomination for this film because she oh, was just yeah, like she when she nails it when, when she goes when when she gets an opportunity like and it's not just it's not just like the big loud scenes. It's the subtle stuff. It's also stuff. the smaller shit, and it's the At combination least. of the two. And I think it's, it's, it's tragic that you didn't get the nomination. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it really is a horror movie. But I was kind of, because I, I, I watched this movie at night, guys. Right? <laughs> right in That's the night time. That's the only way to watch it. <laughs> I watched it in the night time because we were expecting to record um, on Thursday. Uh, and so I didn't, I needed to watch it because I wasn't going to be able to watch it the next day. So I, I had to watch it at night. It's like after like something to 10. I think we were done watching the movie at 11. Like that's not the time that I <laughs> watch horror movies. And so I was, a, so in a way, I'm a little bit disappointed um, that I didn't get that. I was never really that uncomfortable either, which was also like surprising to me. Um, so yeah, like. Uh, congratulations that, that you finally grown up. Yes, yeah, big well, now, guys. Is... Big now. <laughs> so, so I am. Um... Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go, no, 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 no. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to say, um, I was deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> just, oh, so we got you. <laughs> just a general discomfort in my entire body, uh, and I cannot hundred percent tell you why. Oh, so. I think like like a big part of it is and Savage Book uh, did like a really interesting breakdown of this. Um, if you look at three act structure horror movies, generally in uh, towards the end of the second act, that's when you have like your reveal of like your monster, your great evil that comes out, and that's kind of where horror movies tend to like flatten out. But what Hereditary does is like. The third act of this film is like literally like the last 10 minutes or so. So mm. it, it holds that tension for as long as possible. And then there's only that release. And like Shabiz, you were saying you are deeply uncomfortable. It's like there were no skis per se. 
And so it like just holds you in that state of tension. You had no like release for that tension. And it's just like, it just built so, it up. I also went into this movie knowing absolutely nothing mm. other than Shamiz, don't watch this movie. It's not for you. <laughs> and and so, I trust those people. And, the, and, 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 the opinion and those people was correct. <laughs> <laughs> so the, 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 Let's call it the inciting incident quite early on. I don't know if I should be spoiling anything. Yeah, no, no, we're like, it's, we it's can part spoil. The shock factor is sort of part of um, what made me so uncomfortable. I think so, there were a lot of things that I was predicting early on. Um, you thought that it was the little girl? Pole, the pole, car pole, was not one of it. Wait, can I ask you, based on like the poster, did you think like the little girl was central to it? Like and yes. then it was like, oh, she is. I mean, yeah, but it's like, oh, okay, but not in the way you thought. Not in the way you thought. Yeah. So, like, let's let's just travel into like full spoiler territory. Um, this is a warning for anybody yes. who wants to like be like, terrified got, by this film. <laughs> it's probably better. Like, I would horror movies generally, it's better to not know um, what's so, happening. Yeah. But but hereditary in particular, it's better to not know. Yeah. Um, and so, like we said, the movie starts Tony Collette and Gabriel Byrne as um, Annie and Steve. Mm -hmm. So they're like married and then like Annie's mother dies and then they've got two children. And so they go to the funeral because the lady's dead. And um, Charlie the, is the younger daughter, is the mm -hmm. daughter, right? So Charlie, Charlie is, I, I hesitate to say that she's um, um, like creepy uh, looking. <laughs> yeah, but not that. Only she's, she's awkward, right? But she's I don't want to. But I don't want to go so far as to say she's got like ADHD or no. Hey, that's me. Do, yeah, do, you, like, do you know why Charlie's strange? Through the why? She was raised by her grandmother. No, because Charlie is from the moment you see Charlie on screen, and this is not proper spoiler now. From the very moment you see Charlie on screen, she's possessed. The entire oh, movie through. Yes, she's entire movie through. She's yes. possessed. Oh. Uh, yeah, I can see that. So, so the whole thing is this is what I was mentioning about watching this movie for a second time. Things fall into place. Yeah, there's a lot. There's, there's a lot. A lot. A lot you that, need to like really soak it in to, to realize like, oh, so, this is what's happening. So basically, uh, okay, now I'm going to do proper spoiler now. So um, Charlie's grandmother who passed away, it's revealed in the movie that she was part of a cult um, who worships a demon called Paimon. Um, and sorry, let me just pause you there one second. Do any of you play Genshin Impact? Yes, I know. Paymon. Genshin Impact. <laughs> yes. so that was a bit of an issue for me. Maybe that's why Paymon they yes, it. <laughs> but Paymon is not a thing that was created for this movie or for the game. Paymon in biblical actual... text is an actual demon listed as an actual demon, one of the hmm. demons now in biblical text. It's it's a, everything that's taken here, everything that Adi Aster took in here, all the cult stuff is taken on real world sources. It's not stuff he dreamt up. Everything don't mean to interrupt this. you, but um, just before I forget my point, that is part of what made me so uncomfortable. Unlike Midsommar, which like I can avoid going to some random part in Europe to celebrate <laughs> their own special little cultural <laughs> tradition. I could totally avoid being in that situation. This is a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, this don't is worry, like... Shamiz, it's Ramadan. <laughs> I do course. You'll be fine. 
Yeah, so um, basically in the movie, it gets revealed that she, this old lady, was part of a leader of a cult, actually. Yes. Now, this they're trying to resurrect Paymon, and it says, there are clues throughout the movie where it says that Paymon um, prefers a, a male, male host. host. It can't manifest properly in a female host. And you'll listen in the movie that... Um, she says she always thought Charlie was supposed to be a boy. Yes, she specifically, she wanted and, Charlie to be a boy. And Annie said that her grandmother, she let her grandmother have Annie because um, she kept her son away from her, which is one of the problems because the... Um, Annie, um, what's her grandmother's name? I can't remember now. Um, but she basically... It's part, It's in the title, um, Hereditary. It has to be passed with someone from blood. They have to be like a bloodline. And the first, the first victim was actually Annie's older brother. Um, a grandmother put yes. try to. You, Annie says a, a brother committed suicide because he thought he was. Uh, uh, your mother was putting things yeah, inside of her. Said, she said, he, he said, she thought he was, he was lost his mind. He was going crazy, and he said that his mother is trying to put people inside of him. And she just thought it was like a manic depressive episode. And but she was and, literally trying to put someone inside of him. That's why he killed himself. He was the first victim. And then afterwards, she settled on Charlie because um, and that was like a because Annie kept yeah because Annie kept the son whose name I can't remember now Annie kept the son away Peter. from him Peter kept him she kept him away from from her grandmother all the time so she settled on Charlie which she didn't want because Payman couldn't manifest completely in the kid but that's why the kid did the clicking noises that's why she was so weird obsessed because off of her head is filled with demon mm. and the entire movie through that's a even funnier. I don't know how they pulled this off, but um, Charlie's death is orchestrated by the cult as well. Yes, I, I, if you, I don't if you know. saw the symbol, the yes. symbol on the post. The, 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 the post, the lamppost that she hits into, it's carved with the symbol of Paymon and on the, the dead thing. It's all set up to get to get Paymon into their son. That's the whole point. Even, yeah, even even the, 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 the um, any pages to the book that she finds later on. With the spells and everything and the magic, and she says um, it shows that you no, know, the support they need a, a male in there. It even says that if you look at the pages, it says that before they can put Paymon into a male host, the male host must sort of be driven to desperation by 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 tragedy around him, which is why they kill off his father and everything. It's all yes. part of the plan, and all those details are littered throughout the movie. Like it's one of those movies, like you know, if you watched, sorry, if you watched *Usual Suspects*. All the details are right in front of it you, starts, and you don't see clicks. it. Yeah, you don't see it until you know what you're looking for. Everything is like that in this movie as well, which is brilliant. Sorry, Shamiz, you can find me again. Um, no, I just wanted to ask, just while you were talking about it, at the end, Paymon succeeds with yes. Peter because he also technically commits suicide by jumping out the window. Kind of, yeah. Yes. But he's supposed to be but, alive still, yeah. He's, he's basically. Oh, like, so he didn't. No, he didn't. He die. didn't die. No, he okay, didn't die. no. So I was just like, you know, at that vulnerable moment, then why did it not work with? It's basically the they have to drive him to that point of lowest but point, sort the, of thing. Yes. The, bro the brother the, who committed suicide yeah. was obviously also driven to such a very low and vulnerable point. Yeah, yeah but, well, well, let's be honest, right? I mean, the way his sister dies, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, so let's so, like the movie, like the movie starts off, and it just makes you uncomfortable for the longest time, and it's putting the pieces in place about what's going on. Right? That's like the basics, and then, uh, then uh, you you get the sense like the movie makes you think, oh, okay, Annie, who's played by Tony Collette, 
it's going to be about her trying to deal with her grief and then her mother's going to haunt her. That's, that's, mm. that's the vibe that the movie gives you, right? And obviously, it's a, it's a misdirect later on. And then the son Peter's like, I'm going to go to this party uh, with my friends. Can I take the car? And then his mom is like, yeah, cool. You can go to the party, but you have to take your younger sister with you. Which I'm that like... A, that was a bad idea. <laughs> which, which to be as a brown person was very triggering. <laughs> like that was a bad not for the audience like a bad idea like what teenage light is gonna take his young daughter to some well, high like school she, i think she's 13 and he's yeah. 16 17 something yeah. like that right but it was very triggering for me because i was that younger brother that needed to go with my older brother to places <laughs> i didn't want to go to and my mom was like you can go but you have to take zaid with you and then i was like yeah okay cool and then you knew then it's like like what did, i don't this means it's like not in my sphere, right? Yep. I'm 12. I'm not interested in what they're talking about. It was just, it's weird. So that was triggering. So he takes his sister. She's got a peanut allergy. And uh, she's like very awkward at the party because she's just awkward. And at some point she eats chocolate cake or something and there's nuts in it. And so now she starts. Uh, no, it's cut with a knife that they had nuts on it. That's oh, yeah, like I mean, another little detail. But that... she she gets um she gets nuts. Uh, she somehow she gets some nuts, and then obviously she now has an anaphylactic attack. And my first thing was, the movie establishes early in the beginning that she's got a nut allergy, right? That they make that, that like there's a scene where they talk specifically about oh don't eat that. Is there nuts in it? Did you check? Did you check? And both the parents are very over that. So like okay cool, this kid has a nut allergy. Clearly this is going to come up later. But I just feel like if you've got that severe of a nut allergy, why the fuck is this like to not have an EpiPen? Yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, I they know. even forgot so, the EpiPen at the funeral. Like, who's living so well in a with such a bad nut allergy? Do you die? Like, so it's a completely of, inside the States. Okay, they, did, oh, you, did you see that people's house? That, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm no. telling you that Annie and her husband, Steve, I don't, they, don't, they don't make it clear what Gabriel Burns Steve does Ooh, for the living, but they have money. He's a psychiatrist. That's another thing. That's another yeah, they got good health insurance. That like you should have had an EpiPen. I'm sorry, the whole movie's ruined. <laughs> but that's um, another thing about... And you also... So, that, that That pole death, upon my Googling, I see that that pole death was based on a real-life incident. Yes. That he yes. incorporated into the yes. film. Yes. Yeah, so like just for clarity to those, so, so so Charlie has a um, uh, goes into anaphylactic shock. Peter obviously loses his shit and he's high because he had just smoked the bowl, and so he's like speeding to get her home. The she's choking in the or oh, home somewhere. He's just trying to get help. She's choking in the back of the car. And obviously, he's speeding and he's in a panic. Uh, he swerves for a deer or something comes in yeah. the middle well, of the road. No, and she tries to get she tries she's, to get air. Yeah, she, 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 she leans out of the car because she's trying to breathe because she needs like desperate for air. And then he swerves because there's a truck and a deer in the road, whatever. Swerves too close to a pole. Her head slams into a telephone pole and she's decapitated. And you do not see the shit coming. It is. Fucking horrendous. Right? <laughs> Neither did she, obviously. <laughs> <Neither> did she. <laughs> wow. Wow. Shots fired. <laughs> but I love the way it, I love the way it's shot. I mean, and it's I bad to say I love it. the way it's shot because you don't know what happened. Mm. You, you see the shot, and then it's like um because he goes cool? he goes into shock, complete and utter shock. Yeah. And he just he just freaks out, like well, freak but basically shuts down stands there for a while, drives home, just gets out the car and goes into bed. And he says, because he, he says, says nothing. you're okay. He says, yeah. you're, and you're then, like, he you're wakes okay. up the next morning listening to his parents scream because obviously they find yes. her body in the back of the and car. That's and, when just... the camera, and that's when the camera cuts to the road and you see her head finally. <laughs> like covered in flies and stuff. And you're like, <gasps> So that's okay. what happened. <laughs> yeah. 
but but I think, horrific. I, I think like that is like one of those excellent pieces where it's like that follow-up scene where he's just laying in bed is so deeply uncomfortable those are like mm. the scenes that like eat at you because you're like oh no this is gonna happen they're gonna find the body and it's just like really uncomfortable and, yeah. and I mean, I also, you know what I also thought was like, like we talk about Tony Collette's um, performance. It's uh, Yeah, it's like, look, he was fantastic. He's, he's fantastic. I think he's a... I think he's Tony overshadowed Collette, by Tony Collette. Tony Collette is so good. And there was a massive campaign and a massive like, um, public drive to get her nominated because of the fact that additionally Academy Awards, they seem to ignore genre films. So there was a big outcry about the fact that once again, they've ignored the, probably the best performance mm. of the year. And I, I think it's fully deserved. No, because of all that attention, a lot of it, a lot of the uh, attention was completely stripped away from Alex Wolf, who turns in, I've seen him in a few things, and I think this is his best performance he's done in his no, career. It's, it's so good. It's so subtle. It's so... It, it's such a perfect foil to like her performance, mm. you know, it, it just works together. But I will say like a moment that really shook me was, was like after Charlie's death and she's in the room with Steve and she's like wailing and she just goes like, I just want to die. And it's mm. like, I think that's where, where, where for me the film was like, oh, okay, this is really wrapping up now. Yeah. You know no, what's interesting, interesting like, about uh, that also is because um, like, look, um, I I would not want to experience something like that, right? And what I saw on screen seemed like the like probably the most realistic expression of if something like that did happen to you, like that's probably deep, deep. how you would react, right? Mm. And like for <coughs> that scene alone, Tony Collette should have gotten an Oscar, <laughs> an Oscar just just for that scene because it's not even really dialogue going on; it's just a woman in in pain, pain, it's pain. like it's having like found a child. Pain. And not just dead, man. Dead in that in way. Fashion. What was so interesting about it is, is that her husband is there with her. Obviously, she's wailing on the floor. And and I mean, I don't know how you comfort somebody in a situation like that, but the guy's doing the most. He's trying, right? And it's like, that's his kid too. But he is um, trying to be there for his wife. And from that point onwards, all Gabriel Byrne is doing is like, I need to be strong for this family. I need to keep everything together. Yes. And then later in the movie, I think, and this is why he should have also gotten a, a nomination for Best Supporting Actor. When, um, like, uh, the, uh, the Peter slams his head into the, into the desk because he's going to fuck, the school calls him and he takes his kid home. And he's like, <laughs> he's like asleep in the back seat. And they, the car stops at the stop street. There's no dialogue. And it's like the weight of everything that is happening hits Steve, hits Gabriel Byrne, hits the father. And he just breaks down in that car, right? But at the same time, he's still like, I can't feel too much emotion because I'm the only one here that's holding shit together. And it's like- I, I have to keep it together brilliant. because we, 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 we're all falling apart at the so, moment. So there was actually a, a, a part of the script, the part that was cut from the movie um, it's revealed. It was revealed that you know, we know that he's a psychiatrist, and it was revealed that that Annie was actually his patient, um, and, and that's how they met. Um, and the whole not subtext, cool, bro. Don't doubt your patients. Yeah, <laughs> but the whole subtext that came from that is is that that relationship that they had back then of patient and 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 psychiatrist, where the patient is the one that's supposed to like you know express the emotions, and the psychiatrist is supposed to be the detached, trying to keep it. And the whole point was that was carried through this tragedy. 
Like Steve yes. is the one that's still trying to be the professional, you know, trying to stand back and and, and give her space. Give her and, space, and, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's it's you're right. Both of them, it's fantastic. The performances across the board here is 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 fan, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing, and like what what I think works also is like it roots a lot of like the horror in like a very deep family trauma, which is something we can like grasp on like a basic level like possession a killer chasing you it's yeah it's scary but it's not like personal it's not something that like you could personally feel but like mm -hmm. this kind of familial trauma that is personal so to be dealing with that is yeah it's a lot yeah it's like, like, like a, it's a weight like sleepwalking no <laughs> very, very familiar with sleepwalking thank you very much um i think what also set the tension so high and made me so uncomfortable was the way it went hand in hand with um her mental breakdown that and the way she questioned her thoughts and whether her sanity because she was suffering with depression she obviously had anxiety she had a history of um a family history of mental illness um and so which also ties into you know hereditary like because some of these things are mm. hereditary so with that sort of being revealed at the same time as the spirit and possession being hereditary and the two going hand in hand that was adding to the discomfort the because discomfort. again depression and mental <laughs> illness totally normal things that you cannot avoid yeah there's like a whole thing also question of like even if you, if you take the occult stuff out of it completely right Tony Collette's mother or Annie's mother is is an abusive parent right in the case of this film the abuse stems from the fact that this woman is in a satanic cult right but there are people that can relate to this film on that level of like having a parent who is uncaring like uncaring uninvolved or, or just negligent in some way or so involved just a parent who is toxic in some capacity um so that also is like in there and in some ways i almost feel like all the occult stuff wasn't necessary um you because could, like the human drama like could. you could have made a really good movie just about this guy who kills yes. his sister on accident and it would have still been one of the best movies ever um, i don't know necessarily that the the occult stuff necessarily adds or detracts from the movie, but it does work as an interesting metaphor if you want to explore it yeah. um, in that way. But I just, I keep thinking about that scene um, where the three of them are having dinner and like, oh, she, yes. and she like loses a shit and she finally goes after. And she goes off, like, yeah. Like, like you killed my daughter. You haven't even said sorry. You're not taking any accountability or whatever. And what's so amazing about that scene is, is that, Everybody is valid in the, how they are feeling. Nobody is talking about it, even though they are talking about it. Because yeah. he's coming at it from one direction and that my mother has always hated me. Um, and she's coming at it from a direction of it's like, what, like, why are you not showing remorse? Your sister is dead. She's never coming back. Gabriel Byrne is sitting there. Can't we all just get along? <laughs> He's like, please, I've got three, two of you. <laughs> like, like, and, and nobody is wrong in how they are feeling. No. I mean, I, do you know, really uh, well done. Th th that scene, I love, like, like, Colette's performance again, because she goes from, like, 
she goes from like this very aggressive stance where it's like, what do you take responsibility? And then she comes back, she pulls herself back where she goes, I'm your mother and I know how much pain you eat and I wish I could take it away. And it just shows like the range of emotions that, that she's feeling and like she's empathize. She still empathizes with a child, but it's like mm, mm. there is so much that they are dealing with that it's like it's just too much for like and then also the devil. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, oh, besides for the devil, on top of that, um, there's the scene where she, uh, well, we don't know if it's she's imagining it or dreaming it or whatever. It's not hundred percent clear. But oh. where she goes into his bedroom, basically. And oh then, yes. And and she she admits to him that she never wanted to have him. It was yeah, never. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was rough. That was um, very and, rough. But the way she said it is like, she says it almost like absent-mindedly and then immediately recognizes what she just said and covers her mouth in shock. And it's like, she, then she tells him that she tried to actually abort him. Um, now, that's the type of stuff. I'm not a parent, like, but I know people where things like this happen and Parents never get to say this to their kids. That you just bottle it up. You never want to tell that child that you know you were an accident. That didn't mean well, that. Well, I mean, in her case, it wasn't an accident. Her mother forced it to have A it. mother forced her basically yeah. to have yeah, it. Yeah, because because obviously she needed a house for the devil. She's like, she's <laughs> so like, hey, 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 I need a male ear. Come, let's go. <laughs> so I, yeah, and it's but it's like it's it's that layer of human drama that yes. that that added. But this is the thing. So horror movies are always. Um, a lot of people must, well, let me put it this way good horror movies a lot of people who don't like horror movies um, they criticize bad horror movie uh, tropes which is you know the sort of slasher violence and over the top gross stuff but shock, good shock yeah, shocker, good horror movies do this they allow you to examine the human condition they 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 break down your the, these, these psyches and stuff that's that's what great horror that's what the genre actually excels at Yes, um, it's about I, like putting somebody in like this really traumatic situation and seeing like, how do you cope? Like, how are you coping in the situation? Like, what does a a normal person yeah. do when you put in like this extraordinary circumstance? How do you like mentally hold it together? So, just to comment on that, my reason for not enjoying certain horror movies, this one included, is because... Yes, you analyze that. Yes, people are put under trauma, whatever. And then ultimately, they don't get a happy ending. And I know that that is true to real life for a lot of people. Mm. But it kind of sucks to see. Yes, I so get like, that. They tried, like, because you want to believe that if you are ever in such a horrible situation, let's remove the devil from the situation. Let's remove the devil and say that this is just purely based on depression and a mental breakdown or that sort of thing. And for ultimately the illness to win and your efforts and she went for grief counseling and she had a support system and, 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 and then it's this horrible ending and it, it leaves me feeling very despondent, so, which is why I don't watch these kinds of horrors. You do yeah. get the horrors, however, where at the end, they, yeah. they the actually final, manage to tap the, the final demon. Goal. The final or, goal trope is the most famous example of it. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Or they, they trap the demon, they burn the bones, they, they they somehow they exercise some they exercise it and those are the ones I enjoy. Midsummer I enjoyed more than this one because again, they say happy. Of, it was it was a victory in a very a very dark way. way. Yes, and also the people that died a lot of them were terrible. 
Yes, they deserved it. Um, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, I to say that they deserved their death. I'm just saying that that you didn't really feel attached to them. They, they weren't trying to be good people in any way. Um, this was a regular kid. You know, he was just trying to live his life. He wanted his mother to love him. Um, this was a very good husband who was trying to keep his family together. It was a mom who couldn't help the things that she was experiencing. And then it's a sad ending. And I'm just like, I hate everything. <laughs> you know, you say that. Uh, and it's like, I actually really love Arya when like you don't have a victory. It's because it's I'm just, the same. <laughs> it's it, like to be, it's just like, I always find horror where sort of the evil wins is so much more effective. If it's done well, it is so much more effective. And I get, I get why it's, it's, yeah, it's uncomfortable. It is deeply uncomfortable. I, mean, I, like, I, I enjoy a movie I, I, where the, um, like with the bad guys win. You don't often see that. Like it's incredibly rare mm. to see a film where the bad guys win. I don't. Um, like I deeply <laughs> Do not like if I know that the bad guys are going to win at the end of a movie. If a couple is not going to end up together at the end of the movie, I simply will not go into it willingly. I did not watch this movie willingly <laughs> unless I intentionally pick up a tragedy, which I occasionally will. I know people are going to die. It's going to be super dramatic and very thoughtful and meaningful. Wonderful. Let's do this and cry together. Um, but in most other genres, it's kind of 50-50. Might be the final girl surviving. It might be the ghosts and demons winning and taking over the world and everybody being sad. Um, sad whereas in certain genres, like in a rom-com or most romance novels, you are supposed to be guaranteed a happy ending, which is why I'm drawn to the genre. So that's a personal preference that I, I'm aware is a me thing, um, which is why this movie made was me traumatizing. not just not just in a sense of it doing what it intended but also in a sense that i would not recommend it to anybody not out of interest <laughs> not so because it excellent. was well made like i can say it was well made but it, it it's wasn't not your a good of, time it's not your cup of tea so to speak or... it's not my cup of tea and i also know mo uh, not most people but a lot of my friends <laughs> I also know that um, a lot of people like me that need to end a story on a note I of hope. Mm. Yes. Just because of whatever circumstances they may be going through, some people are sort of on the edge, generally. <laughs> and um, They don't need some random need movie as, to push them over. They don't, they don't need to know that, hey, if this ever happens, you're screwed. Like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> These people tried everything. It's just not going to work out. Boy. Um, so I, I, I get that you enjoy the bad guys winning because it's also something fresh because it's not usually done. Mm. Um, but look, as it a, as a, certainly isn't not for your, me. Look, as a, as a horror junkie, like, yeah, I, I like it. I, I feel like more horror that has had, like, evil winning has been more successful generally in my eyes. It's more effective. It's more effective, yeah. For the genre, it is more effective. It is more effective. Um, you don't always have to do what? What is what is the effect that you're conveying so, so, horror? <laughs> so here's the thing: if I watch a a slasher movie, for, for argument's sake, a slasher movie where the final girl gets away and killed, I, I, I'm I'm cool with that. The reason being for me 
and this is going to sound fun or weird, but for me, slasher movies work best when they are fun. Um, when when yes. you have you have fun they slasher lead, movies, they like, lean into it like they lean into the ridiculousness of some dude do. down a woman that's running at flat out, you know, sprinting, and this dude is talking it and down. She's and clumsy. She's so clumsy. Yes, there's all these tropes. There's all these silly tropes in slasher movies, and when they lean into that and they make it fun, that's when slasher movies work the best for me. And that also that funness leads to uh, lends itself more to like you know the happy ending psychological horror uh, as in this for me it feels like it undercuts a lot of it if they give it the, the obligatory hollywood happy ending it feels like you get all the stuff that's happening and it's all about you know uh, um experiencing this discomfort and tropes and then it's like oh just kidding here's a ray of sunshine at the end and it just undercuts the things for me sometimes yeah i think like with a film like this if there is um a quote-unquote happy ending, then it needs to be, um, it needs to be like a pirate victory. So, yes. yeah, okay, you defeated the devil, but you had to sacrifice so much. Uh, and what yeah, or at the end, you managed to defeat, get rid of this cult, but you had to kill your son. Or, or something like, like it's, that, it's, yeah. it's actually a very sad ending, but it's, it's still I've not won. quite as... Um, direct as evil winning can i talk about <laughs> can i talk about something else to like related to the movie um that's not necessarily mm. scary right but like what is like i've only watched two of his movies now and i will probably watch this new movie that mm. he's got coming out right but like does why does what is it with him and full frontal male nudity <laughs> like what 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 is that about and so, why always <laughs> old people what what what's <laughs> happening so by the way just by the way do you know you at the end when this 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 naked old people show up? You know you've seen them before throughout the. Yeah, movie. they were all at the they were all at the they were at the funeral. That's, and yeah, I, that's why I, I that's why Annie, up, yeah. that's why Annie says in the beginning like who are all these people? She doesn't recognize them, and it's because they're all their mother's cult friends. And even Charlie says it's what people are looking at me. It's because they know she's kindly got Paymon inside of her. They like the, Paymon, come to us, please. Yeah, they all throughout the movie. They're all the way they're there throughout the movie, different places, and then at the end they just show up butt naked. Um, yeah, it's like, <laughs> but the thing was. Is, the so, thing is, it's 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 grounded in um, in sort of the the occult and and um, these types of old type of Wiccan and occult beliefs was yeah. a lot of it was around that about my, being like like naked, naked. pure. <laughs> There's a purity about being naked. Yes. My, for them. my favorite part is is how Shadley and Kevin are trying to seriously answer this question. You watch the witch. Wait, yes. <laughs> no, I haven't seen the witch. The witch is so great. It is great as well. Yeah. Um, um, but I also think it's it's just one of those things that also adds to like the discomfort. Yes. It's, it's like it's hundred percent. It's yeah, really you're, it's you're like exactly, people. This is not what I want to see. Your exact reaction is what Ari Aster was going for. It's like you put some you put some some, some slim athletic looking woman but naked on screen. You're not gonna get the same reaction. Yeah. You're not. You need yeah. old man schlong. Yes. You know, yes. Schlong, <laughs> Did you have any phrases like that? Old man schlong. <laughs> Um, oh, I, there was one thing that confused me. Maybe you two can explain it to me uh, uh, about the. Um, I, I don't. It doesn't ruin the movie or anything, but there was just one thing I wasn't clear about. So in the end of the movie, right when uh, when Annie kind of figures out what is going on, right that her mother was involved in the cult about Paimon, she reads all of these things and whatever. She tries to explain to her husband mm. that they need to burn this book because that will free her son, and obviously that backfires spectacularly. Um, I wasn't clear on. Because once that happens, and then the, basically the end of the movie starts happening where they like 
drive um, the son Peter now to his full insanity so that Paimon can now possess him. Um, I wasn't clear on why Annie was helping. She's she's possessed. Because, because up until possessed that point, at that point, she's possessed. So the same thing had happened after she said those words. After she yeah, after they, after they, did that little nice. ritual. Yeah. Uh, Paimon is in the house with him, basically, and trying to get mm-hmm. a host, essentially. And um, at that point, when Annie does, when 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 Steve dies, it's like exactly what the book says: the host it's needs to be sort of thrill. yeah, the host needs to sort of snap, okay. and that's what happened. But Paimon doesn't want to be in a female host. Paimon wants to be so in okay. Male. So that's why. So, that, so, like, so it's not actually Annie just, that's chasing no, him. No, no, it just took her body. No, it just took her body to chase after. Did, did you Peter. think Annie suddenly developed Spider-Man powers? Like no, no, no. <laughs> she's up Look, I I kind of knew that she's whatever, but I just, maybe I blinked too hard or something. I was just (laughs) unclear on when that transition happened because up until that point when she throws the the book into the flames because she thinks that's going to save her son, she is like, I need to save my family. Yeah, she's making a big decision. And then it was like, like, but now why is she helping the bad guys? And then obviously Mm. she's climbing walls and shit and whatever. And of course, that's why she cuts her her own head off so that... Paimon can come out of her and go into Exactly, yes. exactly. Okay, Paimon, I think that that's like, Yeah, because Paimon this, is like, he's stuck in there until she dies. So it's like, okay, wait. I got to go. <laughs> There's one weird thing about Paimon that, that that's not it's not quite obvious in the film, but I read something that Ari Astor was mentioning about it. And that is, people ask, like, if Paimon was in Charlie, like, why was, why was Charlie not more sinister? Um, and, and even when Paimon ends up in the end in, 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 in Peter, it's like almost like you know he's sort of like just chilling kind of vibe. He's not like oh, like evil. Um, and, yes. And people are like what? And 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 he says this thing like uh, Addy Aston in the interview said like there's this assumption that an, a spirit is going to inhabit someone's body and then immediately become malevolent, the most evil, malevolent thing ever. But Paimon didn't ask to be brought to this realm. Like this cult is like. Paimon must come to us because the text says that if you if you um, summon if, if summon Paimon, he'll come and bring you riches. That's that's what the yeah they selfish yeah they selfish they didn't they're in it for greed. Like Paimon like, is not asking he's not asking to be summoned. Like these people are bringing him kind of and he's just like rocked up like oh where am I where am I kind of like and he says like this is kind of the way Paimon reacts in the movie gets into a house and is like. I was in my middle of lunch. I was and then it's obviously with, with Peter, it's like, oh, wait, at least let me be comfortable. Like, like at least give me that. There's so much foreshadowing happens in the movie, like the thing in the in the in the in the school. Where Peter oh, snaps, was... he bangs his head into this. Oh, if, you, if you notice, he goes into this weird pose. He yeah, it's one exactly. on the air. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> that's the statue of Paimon in the end. Yes. The statue was standing yeah, in the same the pose. Same pose. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like all this sort of like really good foreshadowing that I love throughout that movie. So like, I I, I have a question though. I, I don't know if this will apply so much to to say it because he said it's boring. But what was the roller coaster moment for you? You know, like when you're on a roller coaster and it claps to the top, and you're like, "This is not so bad." And you look down, and there's that pause, and you're like, "Oh no, this is oh, this is going to be so much worse than I anticipated." That moment in the movie, or like, when did you know? Like, I think he's talking okay. to you, Shamiz. <laughs> yeah, it's, maybe it more was, for sh- it, it was the the pole scene. 
Yeah. Was, was and, that where you were like, oh no, this is going to be so much and, worse? And than that was also the, I would, I would say probably the peak of my discomfort was like, oh, okay. It's this kind of movie. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be fun. <laughs> like, uh, cool. Look, I think, I think I was maybe, maybe bored was the wrong word. Um, I wasn't bored because there, there, there's a lot going, there's on. A lot there's going a lot. on in the there's film. A lot. But I do feel like it could have been trimmed down a bit. Um, I think, I think, 10, maybe 15 minutes of the movie could have been trimmed down because it seemed like it took too long. But I do kind of understand that's kind of his, um, yeah. that's his whole vibe. Because he, wants, he, does, he wants to linger on it. He wants yeah, to he does this thing. He, he does this thing. And I think maybe in this particular film, he did it too much. Where, um, like and another film that relies on jump scares and stuff or whatever, but he does this thing where he locks frame and you can see there's a monster in the corner. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And nothing happens. <laughs> right? yeah. he does that and it's it's very effective if you do it uh, sparingly yes, um, because, so bold is probably too strong a word I, it's it's that whole thing of like the jump ski is coming so you like tense up and then it's like it doesn't come and you're like no then you're like okay false jump ski it's gonna come in the next scene doesn't happen and mm. you constantly like you primed in this in the state of yeah. like it's coming it's coming and then you're like it's, it's yeah, not he pulls it. I thought that was done really well I no. didn't feel bored at any point um even though for me that pole death was um disturbing at uh, the highest point personally after that it, because of how slow it is it is slow it i wouldn't call slow. it boring but it is certainly slow because yeah. of how slow it is i was uncomfortable but it's not like i was biting nails or having any nightmares about it that night um and it just progresses at that level of discomfort, just the right level of discomfort, I would say. Just do not like, and, like freak you out that you put it off, but enough to like yeah. pique your interest where you're like, I kind of want to see where this is going, but I'm really uncomfortable doing this. I, no, it's exactly that. And I thought it was done really well. For me, again, it's I appreciate what was done in terms of the way that it was formed and the way things were shown. And I just didn't like the overarching story. <laughs> yeah, but I think, you know, like I was going to say, like, um, even though, um, like I said, the movie, with the, the, the pace was too slow for me, but I recognized that that was, uh, that was a choice. It yes. wasn't, um, mm -hmm. like, he didn't make them, it wasn't like in another film, you could, say, you could say, oh, that was a mistake. They shouldn't have done that. I, I, don't, I don't feel no. that way about this film. Like, I understand what he was doing. Um, I didn't like it, and I think that's what he wanted. Like what Ari Aster as, <laughs> yes. as a director wants. Like, no, I no, I want you to like, like this. I don't want you to like it. It's like I want you to feel uncomfortable. Um, yeah, but it, look, ultimately, it, I I think it was a movie that was overlooked in terms of like nominations and mm. things like that. Everybody was bringing their A game, like truly everybody. Mm. I did like the whole thing of also like there is there are moments in the movie where you do start to wonder, is is she just crazy? Yes. Like yes. that's a, that's none, a, of this is actually, none of this is actually happening. There was a moment in the film where I was like, like, so the 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 Omar's friend that the teaches her the spell and all of this other mm. kind of stuff, um, who's like part of the cult. There's a moment in the film where you're like, I wonder if this lady's real. Yeah. Like because no one else interacts with her. Nobody else interacts with her. Is she just crazy? She actually, she, because she tells her husband also, oh no, I think the lady's name was Sophia. Sophia told me, Sophia told me, and her husband Steve is like, what? Are you talking about who is this lady? Joe, yeah. Joe. And it's oh, also like like Steve tells her, like the, you primed, you primed to think that, 
because even she says like there was a scene at the, I think it happened years before where she went sleepwalking and woke up and she had doused the kids in in in, 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 paint, in, thinner cat, in paint thinner and she was standing with a lit match above them, and and you hear that and you're like what the hell woman that's not what a normal sleepwalking person does. And then you think, okay, maybe she is actually the one that's doing all these things. Yeah, maybe There's she's nothing. just crazy. Maybe she's just crazy. And, and the whole movie is primed to make you think that. I do wonder, though, if I would have liked that version of the story more. Because the most interesting parts of the film, to me, was yeah, the family dynamics, was them dealing with their trauma. Was like, and everybody's just acting the shit out of it. Like the way, um, what's his name? Uh, the actor that plays uh, Peter? Alex Wolf. Alex Wolf. Like, just a masterclass in acting. It's like, how would like if you killed your sister on accident when you were trying to save her, right? How does I, that? Yeah. Like, what the fuck does that do to a person? You, you and I be, think it does that. Like, what he portrayed on screen, you, I think it does that to you. you. You know, like, like you talk about the scene, the pole scene, right? And it's like his reaction is so real in terms of what people would actually do because it's like you will go into such a high level of shock that you. You you have to ground yourself in something normal. So you just go home and sleep and hope that that's yeah. that's too many people think that they will react like action heroes in dramatic sequences. Mm. Most people will never do that. You'll you freak out, you'll just freeze. freeze. You'll freak out, you'll freeze up completely. Um Yeah. It's a very good movie. I don't feel bad that I watched it. I I'm feel glad. I, I I won't watch it again. It's like I've <laughs> I'm sad. <laughs> I want, I want like I would recommend it though. Um, I think this is like my fourth rewatch. You so know I've what I probably it. would do? Like, actually, Shadi, you can help me with this. Yes. Send me a couple of YouTube links of people. Yes, I'll, 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 I'll do that. I'll, I'll probably be very interested in that, but I don't think I'd want to watch. The I'll movie send you my again. favorite one because it's like, yeah, I yeah, like do, that one. Do that, and then I, if you oh. want more, then I'll send you more. Yeah, I don't think I want more. Like, why don't you do it? <laughs> right. I can't say, like, but I will congratulate you, Shadley, is that um, you got your revenge. It's, I think that Shamiz is, is, is truly, truly true. Yes, guy. yes. Right? Mission accomplished. You, so yes. you accomplished your mission. We got it. And, and you can stop. It didn't hit me maybe as hard as you wanted it to because... That's fine. Right, but I don't think I was your actual like it's, I would have been a it's, bonus. It's it's fair now, like she can nominate <laughs> breaking dawn whatever. It's fine. It's so fine. You I, don't I, understand is that nominating breaking dawn is now violence to myself against that's, myself. That's, 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 so I, so I the really love Twilight and I'm and I'm not ironically, I loved Twilight. Newman was okay, Clips was okay, Breaking Dawn. So now, so wait, so question, question, right? So question, right? Kevin, you are going to have to nominate Breaking Dawn Part 2. <laughs> no, no. I no, 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 no. It has no, no. to be you. I will not. Shadi's not going to do it. I currently, I currently have my complete innocent hero status and I will not tarnish my no, name. No, you have I will to. not throw it away. And, not for this. And I'm gonna he's tell not going to nominate it, Zaid. He's just going to watch it on his own, in his own time, for his own enjoyment. <laughs> no, right. And then he's going to Google it, it afterwards so, to make sure he understands it. 
that's in a way that's worse. <laughs> like yes. for kids, like because like he has to know how it is. He has to suffer. He must sacrifice and watch it by himself. Guys, he's crying. I have to see how it ends. It's, this is so sad. I know I have to see how it ends. I don't oh want to. But, but here's the question: Are you going to sacrifice all of us so that you don't? See oh, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is this: Earlier on, when Shamise was talking about um, how she she likes a happy ending and she doesn't like a downer ending to a movie it just triggered something in my head and i have the perfect movie that i'm going to throw in there one day and you're not going to know it's the movie that you think it is and i'm wishing it wins because it's 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 and i know it's on netflix currently and it is also a a sort of a horror movie but doesn't look like it's going to be that it's one of the best endings in horror movies ever for me um, but I'm going to throw that in there one day. That's super vague. Yeah, um, I'm going to okay. throw that in there one day. <laughs> but no, I don't want to nominate it. Shamiz, do it. Pull off that band-aid for me because I don't want to do it myself. <laughs> I have to do it. I'm actually just going to let you sweat a little bit. <laughs> now you see that this is where waiting a year becomes torture. No, I'm okay with that because I was the idiot who got forced to watch three Twilight movies in the space of like six, seven weeks. So I am okay with break. waiting. Yeah, like we need a break. We need a break. Um, although, um, uh, Shadley, Fifty Shades is not off the table. <laughs> I'd rather have Twilight. Listen, I still have to watch that regardless. You can't so. hurt me. I've seen it in a This is how you feel about Twilight. Like, it's like... You can't, so let's, you can't hurt me like, <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to happier things. So we yes. were talking the other day about how much we love Brendan Fraser after he won his Oscar for The Whale. And so we decided that for episode 50, we want to talk happy stuff. Um, even though most of you that listen to this stuff just want to listen to us be in pain. But we're going to nominate happy stuff. And uh, so by consensus, we all... Actually, I think it was Shadley's idea that we all nom- that we nominate. Mine. No, it was Kervin's. I just said that we must call it the Brennesons because yeah, everybody's so calling it the Brennesons. We're going to do the Brennesons. So we all decided to nominate a um, a Brendan Fraser movie. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the lead, but it does have to have a, a mm. significant part in the film. Um, so I'm, I decided to go with School Ties, which wasn't Ooh, his first movie. Uh, it's not available on any of the streaming services we're going to have to rent. Uh, it's on Apple TV and it's on Google um What's it called now? Google, Google TV. It's got a Google name TV. now. Yeah. Right? It's actually his third or fourth movie, I think. Because I think he made Encino Man first. Yes. Um, I or think California so. Man, as it was called here. Um, but in any case, School Ties, which is, I think, the movie that was like, oh, this guy. There's something with this guy. Um, Matt Damon is in that movie as well. Uh, I think Ben Affleck is also in it. Um, it like, oh, Chris O'Donnell. Um, what happened to that guy? Chris O'Donnell. Mm. Batman and the oh, isn't, isn't, isn't he on this one of those one of these mini NCIS CSI yes, yes, he's, on, he's the lead in one of the NCIS things now. Mm. Um, but like a lot of young oaks like had a start in that film. And I've never seen it. And also, most people, when they think about Brendan Fraser, they think about his comedies and obviously the Mummy franchise and so on. Um, and he's like a legit actor actor. You know, like a guy that can actually inhabit the role. Um, so I want to see this film, which I've never seen before, um, School Ties, which is about a Jewish boy who goes to like, gets to in the 50s, I think, when like anti-Semitism was almost as high as it is now. Mm. <laughs> oh, wow. he, he goes to uh, like a preppy broading school and it's like 
what he needs to deal with being a Jewish person in this environment, which is like white upper class um, Ivy League kind of people. Um, yeah, so not like hereditary at all. <laughs> a different kind of realistic order. Um, so I'm, I'm nominating school guys. Who's next? Uh, Must I go next? Go for it. Okay, so yeah, I was struggling to find stuff on the distriber, so I was looking with a movie to rent, and I'm following up from the last time, so I'm nominating The Mummy Returns, because it's a damn good time. Great yeah. sequel. Almost a perfect sequel. Yes. Almost. Almost. Until, but still a great time. Until the scorpion shows up. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> you know, when we, did, when, we, when we did The Mummy, right, ah. I feel like we did even also speak a lot about yes. it. So I feel like we actually did do that movie already. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, remember sitting in the, I remember sitting in the cinema, literally sitting in the cinema when that scene happened and I went like, what the hell? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was just expecting The Rock yes. to come out of this thing with the event. And it was like, they could, the worst they could have just like still, like still does a CGI eyebrow move. Of, they could have uh, just like, like salad the, the tail and some pincers on the rock, and I would have been happier. I would have been happier. <laughs> so sad, my bro. Your Jamie's. Um, I was going to go with Bedazzled because Lizelle is beautiful, but okay. I actually just decided to go with George of the Jungle because I think I can ah. watch it with my kid. Uh, they want what a different a kind of man candy. <laughs> it's like Zayn, it's the first way, bro. Like, yeah, no. but I didn't bring <laughs> it's it up. It's on Disney Plus, so we don't have to rent. Oh, awesome. Okay. I'm also not going to let you rent. I'm going with No Sudden Move, um, which most people here have not seen and, and very flew under the radar because it came out during the pandemic. So Warner Brothers sent it straight to HBO Max and I never got a cinema release. But it is Steven Soderbergh doing an ensemble, the guy who made like all the Oceans movies, doing mm. an ensemble crime thriller um, with Don Cheadle, Benicio Toros in the lead, but Brendan Fraser plays a supporting role, which is really good. And it was, if I'm not mistaken, Brendan Fraser's first big major role after his return to acting, so to speak. Um, first big major theatrical role, and it just flew under the radar. Um, it, it, it's really good, though. Cool, cool. So that's um, School Ties, George of the Jungle, uh, no sudden move and the mummy returns. So we can watch the mummy returns, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we got you see it, right? I like I'm, I'm not picking violence this week. I'm actually picking something enjoyable. This yeah, week. but I mean it's Brendan Fraser. What what were you gonna pick that's bad? Dadly even his right. worst, huh? Dadly too right. Yeah, yeah, but even I would still rather watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I would still rather watch Dadly do right. Anyway. That's uh, that's us. This is episode 49 of iGen's Watchlist. Oh my God, guys, 50 episodes. Um, but we will be taking an extended break, not because of ESCOM or any other reason. So um, fasting. The, the Ramadan has happened. It's a bit awkward to coordinate this with um, three of us going to mosque in the evening and all of that other kind of stuff. Um, it's a bit just awkward to, to coordinate everything. So we're going to be taking a break for the Ramadan and we will be back the first week after Eid. So in about a month's time, in about uh, three and a half, four weeks' time. Um, the plan is to actually do this one in person. That's the plan. Like, Kervin's going to make smash burgers. I'm making chicken wings. Yeah. Um, Adam, must you say this now? Oh, yo, I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Shadley's going to bring two sisters. 
And um, I don't know, Ch- Chamis, you didn't say what you were bringing. Trauma. Just bring the ice. Ice. Yo, ice. <laughs> at least, at least, organize a credit dashes or something. Yar. <laughs> and then I'll obviously after that, after that, if we don't see each other physically, um, after e- uh, like the, that first week after, e- we will definitely all be together at Shamiz's launch for the Eternal Shadow, which is the second book in a Celine trilogy. Which I think that launches the twenty fifth or the twenty sixth of 26th. April. Pardon? 26th. The 26th. The 26th. So it's the Wednesday after Eid. The Wednesday after Eid. So at the very least, we'll see each other then. And if we have to, we'll summa record that podcast at the launch. Hey, <laughs> at exclusive books, you might at as exclusive well. Books. And also, don't forget that um, if this, um, when we tweet out this episode, if it gets 500 likes, Shamiz will jump on Kervin's shoulder and they'll wear trench coat. So if that's yeah. something you want to see, sure. You know, you need to give this, you need to organize 500 likes. Thank you, everybody. Thank yeah, you, Mikey. Do it quickly because we need to make that trench coat. We <laughs> <laughs> have to have a custom made, guys. And uh, that's it for this episode 49. Thank you, Mikey. Thank you that you're here. I'm seeing you in three weeks. Bye. Bye.